It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. A rich, smooth and truly delicious chocolate experience. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. We had a brilliant big night in on Saturday night with the former state pathologist, Mary Cassidy, who spoke about her extraordinary career, her gripping book, Beyond the Tape. And there was a bit about maggots too, but I don't want to ruin your breakfast, lunch or dinner, so I won't go on about that. But it was a really great event. And thanks to everyone who came. It's hard to believe we've almost come to the end of our second season of Big Nights in which we started during the first lockdown. The sixth event will happen on December 12th. And I can now tell you that our final surprise guest is the wonderful broadcaster, Olivia O'Leary. And as one friend said to me the other day, I would listen to Olivia O'Leary talking about her shopping list, never mind anything else. So you are all in for a treat. And if you haven't got a ticket yet for our big nights in, remember, even though it's the last one, it's still worth getting a ticket on irishtimes.com forward slash big night in because it gives you exclusive access to all our other events on YouTube. So you won't miss anything. It has been such a joy to have these evenings with you. And we really hope we'll be back for another season after our Christmas big night in with the wonderful, brilliant Olivia O'Leary. Now, today's episode is the podcast of our live event last Thursday in association with Green and Blacks, when we gathered four wise women to help us navigate our way through what is going to be a Christmas like no other. On hand to help with all the queries about gifts, food, family rows, COVID etiquette and much, much more were Irish Times columnists Laura Kennedy, Roe McDermott, Lily Higgins and Hilary Fannin. We had several hampers of green and black chocolates to give away, including one for the most festively dressed. And that was one by Mary Phelan, who sent us this lovely thank you note. Thanks so very much, she said. It was a brilliant evening. Thanks to all who were in any way involved. To be honest, I really wasn't much in the Christmas spirit as our son can't get home as planned and my trip to see him at Easter was cancelled. It's his second Christmas away from home and he's no family with him in Japan. So I'm really happy I decided last night to get Christmassy. Winning was the bonus. Recently retired as a primary teacher, partly due to my husband's multiple sclerosis. I'm finding not meeting friends as they are outside the 5k limit quite tough, hence my reindeer challenge. So thanks again very much. The speakers were amazing and it certainly was the best hour to spend. Well, we were delighted to get that email from you, Mary Phelan, because that's exactly what we wanted to do with this event. Apart from have a laugh, which we definitely did, we wanted to quell any Christmas related anxiety and offer some practical advice for not just getting through, but 
but having a very Merry Christmas 2020. And I think that Late Late Toy Show has really put us all in the mood. And I know we're all dying to get out and do some things now that the regulations have gone down a couple of levels and we can actually get out, meet each other and have people in our houses and all of that kind of thing. But of course, we need to stay very careful. So here's our lovely Christmas 2020 survival event and we really hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Look, I've got my hat going on. You are all very, very welcome to our Four Wise Women How to Survive Christmas 2020 event in association with the very wonderful Green and Blacks. Now, I'm going to, without further ado, introduce you to our Four Wise Women, because after this event, we just want you to feel like Christmas is... uh, You know, it's not just something we're going to get through. It's going to be a really enjoyable event as well. And I'm just loving looking through and seeing all your Christmassy stuff. Oh, my God. Anne Foy. Is that that an actual reindeer? I'm loving it. This is amazing. Um, But the thing I've been thinking about is that, as they say, we're not all in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. And we've all been going through a very, very difficult year. And Christmas feels like a sort of a release valve a bit. And I hope that at the end of this hour, you're going to feel a bit like, okay, it's going to be fine and we're going to have a great time. And that's why we've assembled these four wise women. So I'm going to introduce you to them. They are Laura Kennedy, who I have to tell you is the only person I know who has a doctorate in philosophy and also can help us get that very tricky winged eyeliner. So welcome to you, Laura (laughs) Kennedy. And you can read her every week on Beauty in the Irish Times magazine. And then we have Lily Higgins, who's coming to us down from Cove in County Cork. And she, every week in the Irish Times magazine, writes about food so brilliantly. And we are avid fans in this house, and I know all of you are too. And speaking of the Irish Times magazine, I just have to give a shout out to it because it won the best magazine in Ireland last week and the Journalism Awards. And I'm not surprised because also in the magazine is Ro McDermott, who is a very wise woman indeed, who every week solves people's problems. And even if you don't relate to the problem, you somehow want to hear what Ro has to say. And she's just fantastic. And finally, last but definitely not least, with the beautiful blonde bombshell there out in uh, Hoth, I think, Hilary, yeah? Yeah. Um, with the star of David or behind her, whatever star that is there. She uh, writes in, (laughs) Hillary writes in the Irish Times every Friday and just gives us a laugh, makes us think and brings us back to normal. And listen, these are our crack squad. I was going to say quack squad. That's not very good. No, there are crack. It's like when I say hamster instead of hamper when I'm talking about the hamster. They're a crack squad and they're going to tell us all about how Christmas can be a really lovely occasion this year, despite everything that we've all been through and Ro McDermott I'm going to come to you first because I mentioned that thing of we're not in the same boat but we're in the same storm and you know that saying which is everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle like this year I think we will not forget that because whether people have been very lonely living on their own whether they've had to deal with ill health whether they've had to care for people everything has been exacerbated and we've all been confronted with things so I think when we all come together this Christmas in whatever way we're able to we need to keep that in mind so Ro, tell us about your um, take on Christmas 2020 and what we'll need to do. Yeah, thanks, Roshan. And yeah, seeing everybody here has been amazing, by the way. There's so many amazing people and loving the decorations behind everybody. Um, but yeah, I think 
something that Irish people aren't particularly good at and I think is important generally in all of our lives, particularly around Christmas, but most especially this Christmas, is acknowledging that we need and deserve self-care and support. And because I think a lot of times there are really easy steps that people can take to make their life easier, to make the holidays easier. And we don't do it because we feel like we're being high maintenance if we're asking for support or if we're setting boundaries or if we're organizing our lives in a way that makes us feel good. If we're saying we're not going to do certain things that always cause us stress but might be expected of us or even doing things that make us feel good, there's such a sense of shame of doing, of taking care of our mental health Health, and I think this year that's so important. So I think the main things I want to talk about are, yeah, acknowledging you need and deserve care and support. I think adjusting our expectations this year, because this isn't going to be a Christmas like anyone else has experienced. And to a certain extent, like it's stressful and it's hard, but it is going to be okay because what we are going to do is we're going to plan for this. Because I think something that's so funny to me, and by funny, I mean absolutely tragic is that we plan and prepare for Christmas in so many ways we think about the food we think about the presents we're shopping in advance we're accommodating relatives we're planning whose houses we're going to we have our routines on Christmas Eve and what we so rarely do is we don't plan for our emotional needs and I think this can be so important so every Christmas I tell people to do this to think about particularly the boundaries you need and the dynamics that happen in your home. Because I think a lot of the time, particularly if you're returning to the family home, if you're going to be around your parents, siblings, people can slip into the roles that they had growing up. You know, someone's going to be the black sheep. Your mother's going to be nagging you like you're 12 years old again. And that can be really difficult for a lot of people. Or there can be relatives who make comments about your weight or your lifestyle, or your career. And every year this is a problem, but we never address it. So I think one thing to do is think about boundaries this year and plan in advance so of course there are going to be COVID specific things that this relates to so boundaries this is going to be coming in terms of who's going to be coming over to your house who you're going to be seeing what kind of levels of physical contact are you comfortable with I think hugging is going to be a huge thing this year and again these are just conversations that need to happen in advance so you can say I mean, the latest advice on hugging is it's not particularly safe if you're in a social bubble with people doing it outside when you're wearing masks, doing it briefly, holding your breath. Uh, it's something you can do. But if you're not comfortable hugging, literally sending a group text and going, OK, guys, instead of hugging this year, we're going to hug people who we're living with instead while we're all in a group, which, again, can sound silly and sound like something. Why would I bring this up? But people are touch starved and we're missing people we love. And also, I feel like if you're not living with a romantic partner, um, Irish people tend to not be the most physically affectionate people. So you might not be hugging the people you're actually around. And we need that. Or I think something that kids, oh, I'm dropping hot water bottles. This is my self-care. Um, <laughs> kids are loving these days are like doing this instead or doing the sign. What are they do- Sorry, what are they doing? This? The heart heart sign. Okay. Instead of using how does everyone feel about them. this? Is that too Buddhisty or something? I kind of like that. Reminds me of Gwyneth Paltrow in a yoga studio. So <laughs> we'll I'm be a- talking about Gwyneth's orgasmic <laughs> candle later. So, Ro, you know, no spoilers. I mean, it comes down to that every single time. Um, but yeah, so setting boundaries around physical conduct, how long people are staying in your home. I think these things are really important. But you can also set emotional boundaries. You can call your mother two weeks before and be like, mom, I don't want any comments about my weight this year. 
this happens every year it makes me uncomfortable can we not do this or calling like making allies in your group and saying okay if people start bringing up my career this year can you just distract and deflect and setting boundaries of if I'm feeling attacked if people are making me feel uncomfortable there's a dynamic happening I'm going to remove myself from this situation I'm not going to indulge this I'm not going to engage with this um, and it doesn't have to be confrontational it can just be like I'm not having a conversation about politics this year I'm not talking about my romantic life I'm going to walk the dog I'm going to see check on the kids I'm going to clean something up in the kitchen and just removing yourself from that situation so again just setting boundaries Ro can I ask you something because I think I don't know I mean you can kind of give me a little wave if anybody has this but in family whatsapps or people friend groups some people being kind of kind of COVID deniery or uh sort of conspiracy theories that this kind of thing anyone anyone out there is it just me no I can see a couple of hands um the Goldricks aren't raising their hands so that's good I'm glad you guys are all on board and also I'm can I just say I'm very mesmerized by Mary Phelan you are really a good contender, definitely for the old festive dress. But what if we have people in our families who are, you know, not into the face masks as much or feel a bit, um, you know, cynical about certain aspects of the way Neffet or the government are doing? What would you advise around dealing with that kind of thing? Is it a case of, like, we're just not going to go there or do we do sort of agree to disagree? How do we deal with those things? So, again, so I think particularly for meeting up with these people in person or if that's an option, again, I think you can meet people with empathy and set boundaries, because I think when people are talking about, for example, vaccines, you can meet them at a space of, yeah, I understand whenever people talk about vaccines, there's always a sense of it needs to be a five year trial, there needs to be a 10 year trial. But here's something that I didn't know. And it's that because there's so much resources being pumped into this, because everybody is focused on this, because scientists are communicating in a way that they don't on other projects, this is why it's able to be more speedy. And meet them at the emotional level because people generally when they latch onto these ideas are scared they're scared of being controlled they're scared of what they're losing they're scared of not understanding something so you can meet them on the fear and go it is really scary here's some information but just for christmas everybody is on the same page we're going to try be careful we're going to err on the side of caution if you want to come over if you want to be a part of that i'm afraid you're going to have to do this and if you're not comfortable with that do your own thing. But again, you're setting a boundary. I won't be seeing you in person over Christmas. Brilliant advice, because I think you're right. We're, and we're going to talk about planning for food and, and presents in a, a little bit. But the emotional planning of this particular Christmas is huge. And I think it's even at the beginning now, I'm so glad that we've done this event. And actually, Joy said, Joy Farrell, the show is a great idea. Thanks. And I, I'm really glad you feel like that, Joy. And I hope everyone does, because it is going to be different. We have to manage expectations. Um, like I have my kids kind of saying to me, you know, it's not going to be the same. And I'm having to go, you're right. It's not going to be the same. And then I having to look at how it's going to be different. And there's no point trying to pretend that we're going to have the, the same thing that we had last year because we're just not. And it can still be enjoyable. So, Ro, thank you so much for that. Laura Kennedy, you come as a wise woman bearing gifts. And this is brilliant. So is gift giving going to be any different uh, this year? I should say Laura does the beauty column in the Irish Times magazine. She's also Dr. Laura Kennedy, having a doctorate in philosophy. So she can bring us the wisdom and all the other things. Laura, is it going to be different? I mean, yeah, I, I think interestingly, when it comes to gifting, what I'm seeing is that people are simultaneously stressed about the fact that we have to kind of go about purchasing things in a new way because there is no 
Debenhams at 7pm on Christmas Eve. I don't know what the nation's men are going to do. Um, we have to plan in advance. Not all men, Laura. Some of them are very organised. Just 70% of the nation's men. Um, and maybe 40% of the women, and I'm among them, so it's not great. Um, I'm observing that uh, people in general, I put a call out on Instagram to ask Irish Times readers what they wanted kind of to see in terms of beauty coverage coming up to Christmas. And I had an overwhelming response of, I want to buy Irish products. I want to buy stuff made at home and I want to redistribute my money back into our economy because obviously everything is you know, difficult, especially for small brands. So one thing that I would say that's quite practical is if you want to buy from small brands that are you know, batch making stuff or they're making stuff to order, do it as early as you can to ensure that they can get those orders in before Christmas, because obviously our postal system is going to be a little more stressed this year with gifts than usual, because so many of us have to buy online. Um, so yeah, it is different, but it's kind of a really positive feeling of thinking more carefully about gifts, you know, buying them for the person who is receiving them instead of having this sort of um, projectile attitude to just throwing something at everybody so they, you know, there isn't a fight about it. Um, so yeah, and it, it, there's lots of opportunity to support small brands that have kind of cropped up this year and people who have made opportunities for themselves out of difficult circumstances. That's lovely. Yeah. So tell us some of them. Have you had ones that you've particularly picked out that you're going to be supporting and that you think other people should? Well, instead of Black Friday, there is uh, an initiative here to do Green Friday. We should say Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, even if you're not American. And Happy Thanksgiving, because we've hopefully got a new bloody president in America. It's even better. But Laura, that's the thing. Black Friday is whenever we all usually rush out and get all these discounted goods. But this Green Friday initiative is saying keep that money in the Irish economy. Yes. Yeah. And, and also kind of encouraging people to try and purchase in a slightly more conscientious and sustainable way, but kind of making a difference here at home. Obviously, you have to buy your gifts where you need to buy them. Everyone's limited by circumstances and budget and all of that. So there's no judgment around where you need to buy your gifts. But if you want to buy them here, here at home, there are so many options. Um, so Green Friday, yeah, it's focused on the sustainability and the Irishness, but there are a lot of brands who are doing really nice offers. So they're the kind of traditional, you know, 25% off kind of offers. Rathborn's 1488 make like the most divine candles and they are the oldest candle maker in the world and they're Irish. Um, and also, fun fact, Roisin, their smell, their, their candle, which is uh, I think Dublin Tea Rose and Oud, is the smell of the Westbury bathrooms. No, which is the best bathrooms, as we know, Laura, to go yeah, and sneak into and pretend you're actually in the Westbury, but really just go in and do your makeup in. It's the best bathroom to do that in. Absolutely. So you can like it smells it. like that. That's so cool. Because, yeah, I mean, if, if you've been to the Westbury bathroom, you'll know the smell. So they have 25 percent off until the 30th of November. But an especially nice uh, green Friday discount, I think, is um, Field Apothecary, the Irish, also a candle brand. They are, instead of giving 20% off to the buyer, the customer, they're taking that 20% and they're they're donating it to Women's Aid in Belfast and Lisburn, mm. um, which is a really nice kind of uh, way to use that discount instead of, you know, taking it for ourselves. So that's lovely too. As Elizabeth Goldrick is saying, that candle is the closest I'm going to get to a hotel this Christmas. <laughs> Uh, anything else, Laura, in terms of presents that you think would work this year? Because I think you're right. I think we're thinking more 
Um, sometimes there is that last minute, oh, feck, I have to get something for this person. I'll just throw that in. But it doesn't feel like you can do that now. You'd almost pr- prefer to, to say, I didn't get you something, but I love you and I'm thinking about you rather than give something that's not appropriate. Absolutely. I mean, I, I because that thought has to be there to buy something, um, I think it, it really enhances the kind of the, the buying experience. So a lot of us have a bit of extra time because we're at home and it's a good way to use it. So there's loads of really great uh, gifts that you can buy. So if you want to buy art, you can buy Irish art. There's brilliant prints by artists like Connor Merriman, who's also doing, I think, a discount for, for Green Friday. Um, and also Rachel Corcoran, who is one of my favourite Irish illustrators, and she makes really gorgeous Irish prints, which are an especially nice gift to buy an Irish person who lives abroad or yourself if you just really like really nice paintings of potatoes, which I do. Um, <laughs> I just want to say here that uh, Patricia McCullough is saying some of the Irish companies I've bought items from are saying they need to order by the 27th as courier services are under pressure. So that's something for everyone to keep in mind, too. Absolutely. I think when it comes to smaller Irish brands, what I'm uh, being told in general is that they need their orders really by this weekend to guarantee Christmas delivery. So if you have time to think about it and get your orders in before Monday, um, that's that would be wise. But obviously, I mean, we're all a bit stretched. So if you don't do your best, buy your gifts where you can get them. But there are always there are always brands to buy from. And if you do find yourself panicked, in a cold sweat and filled with existential dread on Christmas Eve or, you know, the day before. A local business, you know, your, your local pharmacy is a local business and it's a really handy place to pick up the odd gift set for Auntie Mary, who you like, but you don't love. You know, it's something. It's better than nothing. And that's Laura, what- I mean, that is so true about the old chemist. Like, they're just lifesavers. Mm-hmm. And this year, especially, there'll be something lovely, won't there, in the yeah. chemist? And we shouldn't feel bad about rushing in to do that. It's better than going into the forecourt of a garage, let's say. It is. It is definitely that routine. That's your epitaph, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but if you want to buy as well, I just because I have to th- throw a shout out, if you want to buy a kind of a jolly Corona referencing gift, um, Treaty City Brewery, which is a Limerick brewery, they make a beer called Corona Gway or Rona Gway, which is just, I feel like if you know someone who likes beer, buy them 12 cans of that, 45 quid, perfect gift. Oh my God. See, Laura ha- couldn't get through her presentation without mentioning Limerick because she is such a patriot of her city. And she's in, well, I should say, she's coming to us from London with her beautiful uh, lights in the background. Laura, that's amazing. Can I do a little shout out for this amazing card? A company called Cara Luna Designs. Now, this is a birthday one. It's not a Christmas one. But look, they have these socially distant champagne glasses touching, which I just love. And then they have this amazing one with um, the three wise men. We have traveled far following a star. Yeah, but have you quarantined? You know what I mean? These are really clever cards. And the other one is just sending lockdown love which I think is lovely. And that's caralunadesigns.com. And the other one I want to mention is a great uh, feminist cards, obstreperousdesigns.com. Uh, and they have brilliant ones like Slay the Patriarchy, S-L-E-I-G-H. Do you see what they did there? There's all those kind of things. And I think people, especially businesses run by women that are, and I hate using the word because it's just they're pivoting. I think the pivoting thing is really crucial. People just saying, okay, it's a different space, a different time. We're gonna we're gonna change our products or we're gonna move with the times. It, it's really impressive and we should be supporting them. 
So, Laura, thank you very much. And I uh, hope everything's OK with you in London, where it is a bit different to here. What tier are you in now? I mean, I don't know. Zed, at this point, Roisin, it doesn't even matter. I haven't left the house since late 2019, but it's grand. And hopefully I can come home soon. So that'd be good okay. too. I'm sure Boris knows what's going on. It's, it'll all be fine. Uh, <laughs> take a screenshot of Laura's face when I said that. That was brilliant. Um, now, I want to move on to the food because food is such a huge part of Christmas. And uh, no better woman than our wise woman, Lily Higgins, coming to us from Cove to talk to us about food. Lily, what is your take on what people are saying about Christmas this year and how we're dealing with this very different Christmas food wise? Well, food wise, I think people kind of panic about turkey anyway, don't they? Like, you know, the sort of size of turkeys. So I'm seeing a lot of hesitation at the tills in Super Valley when people are saying, do you want turkey tokens? There's kind of a lot of, uh, do I want turkey tokens? Who's doing the turkey? So basically, I've already gotten turkey tokens in the post from one of my sisters because she's sort of certain that she won't need a turkey this year. So um, I think basically the key with everything is just to plan. So, I mean, if you if there's only two of you in the house, you could still have like a turkey crown or a turkey breast. And I think this year there's going to be a lot of leftovers. So we just need to portion up the leftovers and freeze them and have loads of ideas for what to do with them. Um, but I do think this is a year to try duck or goose as well, if you've never had it before. Um, like I know the year before last, I did goose and it was a Jamie Oliver recipe with, um, what did he have in it? He had uh, Chinese five spice and he had oranges and it was incredible. It was absolutely beautiful. And of course, if you do duck or goose, you're going to get all that gorgeous fat as well. So the roast potatoes will be amazing with it. So it's kind of, it's an opportunity, an exciting opportunity to see. It, it is an exciting opportunity, really. Except <laughs> There's also the thing of people who tried goose and tried duck and it all went horribly wrong. And like, they'll never forget that Christmas when there was just this horrible thing and there wasn't enough to go around. So have you any tips? Honestly. So I don't want to be tips have been, with goose ideas and then it all I going know. wrong. But that the goose was incredible, I would say. But so if, if you're sort of another really good option to do is to get your butcher. So even in the Super Valley counter, um, they would do, or any butcher, your local butcher, it's a really important time to support them as well. Just ask them to bone and roll your turkey. Um, and some of them, you can even give them the stuffing that you've made yourself and they'll use it to stuff your turkey. So um, that's really handy because then you just, you just get a nice big roll of turkey and you just roast it and slice it. So and if you're one of the people that wants the nice turkey gravy, though, you can still get the turkey carcass and make your own gravy as well. So it's just about sort of planning. And like I always say, this is the only meal where I do out sort of a plan of work like I used to do in secondary school with my home economics. Like you have to do a plan of work and stick it on the fridge and delegate. So oh even God, if it's just you, work, just... you're giving me nightmares here, Lily. You're reminding no, me. No, but, but it's OK because it's OK because it's November. So if we get a hold on it now. True. You know, then there'll be no panic when it comes closer to it. So I really think it's just planning is key and not to be too um, ambitious as well, because there, you can have about 20 different dishes. So just pick your favorite sides to do like one stuffing is loads. Like we can only eat so much. <laughs> like we have to admit. So one you stuffing is loads. more than one stuffing. Oh, they do more than one stuffing. I swear, in, if when we go to my parents' house, there are about four different stuffings. Oh you know, God. there's sausage, there's different herbed ones, there's chestnut <laughs> stuffing, there's a fruity stuffing. 
It's incredible. I would draw the line of fruity stuffing. I'm not in with the mixing of the, no. Yeah, yeah, I know, but some people feel like that, you see, and then other people, and then you just put bread sauce all over all the stuffing. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of bread going on. So I think we need to plan and pare down and just sort of really realise what our favourite stuffing is this year. What do you think about someone like me who's actually going, okay, we're not that mad mad about the turkey in our house anyway, so... Uh Why don't we just, we like the ham, we'll do a ham. But I'm just thinking about a shoulder of lamb, very, very slowly cooked for hours and hours and hours so it's falling off the bone with a few like more um, Middle Eastern spices going on. Like just going completely different. Just yeah, the, no, I think that's really delicious. Of it. Do you know what I mean? I know. So yeah, that's what I mean is we should see it as a um, an opportunity to try like a really delicious thing. So I gave one recipe um, that I used a few years ago and it's chicken moussaka and, and it's basically flatbreads or naan breads and you cook down onions for about an hour and then add sumac and then you put the chicken on top of the flatbreads and put it all in the oven. So the flatbreads just become soaked with chicken juice. It's just absolutely beautiful so that's really festive and middle eastern and sort of exotic and really gorgeous but at the same time it's chicken you know so um (laughs) really really delicious and of course vegetarian option as well everyone has that um the vegetarian option is a must i think at christmas especially if there's family getting together so um i have a really beautiful recipe for uh you know i don't usually have to say the word but a pithivier yeah you're going to have to you're going to have to tell us what that is we're we're not all as posh as you yes so you roast loads of different vegetables and then you layer them all with some goat's cheese in a little puff pastry case so you can do it all the day before and have it in the fridge and then just pop it into the oven it puffs up it's absolutely delicious all the roast vegetables and the goat's cheese and then you can have that with all the sides so you can have that with roast potatoes and with cranberry sauce and everything so it's really really delicious um and then the third recipe that i gave was something oh it was the slow roast salmon so mm-hmm. really delicious so even though it's slow roast um it only takes half an hour to roast a lovely um salmon darn with olive oil and lemon slices so you submerge the piece of salmon in olive oil so even though it's an oily fish, it's really, really gorgeous cooked like this. And loads of lemon slices on top and loads of dill. So it's just very easy. And we always have salmon um, in some shape or form at Christmas. And I think this is a really delicious way to have some gorgeous Irish salmon. You could really treat yourself with it this year. One year, because I seem to be a bit of an experimenter anyway. One year I had salmon on crout and I was delighted with it. And it was lovely the next day, cold as well. It was kind of, it was the gift they kept giving. So I would recommend an old salmon crout. Now, Lily, I have to tell you, Julie or Helen has said, OMG, listening to Lily is like listening to Maeve. So there you go. (laughs) That's a nice one. There's eight of us and we all sound exactly the same. And they quite look quite similar too. It's very confusing. Yes. And Julie says we usually do goose, but last year did duck and ham. Hundred percent agree. Million times better than dry old turkey. And Great. Bernadette Quinn is saying, I feel my stress levels rising. All this talk of needing to plan and get sorted. I want to chill and walk in the woods somewhere once I get out of my five k. And I think that's a very important thing to address. I don't know, mm-hmm. Lily, have you got a thoughts on that? There is a kind of chill out thing as well. We need to talk. Oh, about. there definitely is. So I think even like this weekend, write down what your favorite food is and what you're going to do, and then just forget about it. That would be my thing. And just, you know, go for your walks. That's so much, that's so much more important than this. You know, at the end of the day, it's one dinner on one day. And we're usually, by the time we sit down to dinner, we're so full of mince pies and roses and quality street and all that. I mean, to be honest, I sort of have to think to myself, oh my God, we're having dinner soon. We keep putting back the time because we're so full of, you know, selection box for breakfast and all that. 
So, um, but it is just one dinner and it's nothing to be stressed about. It should be an enjoyable thing. So, you know, if you enjoy cooking, make the most of it. You know, like some people just love sitting at the table preparing sprouts. It's all part of it for them. But if it's not for you, then I would say just don't, really don't worry about it. Just put on some nice music and, you know, cook something. You can buy ready-made. That's another thing is loads of restaurants are diversifying and pivoting, like you were saying. You can buy loads of ready-made things and just support all those local cafes and restaurants that are closed at the moment that are going to be making really beautiful things and that they want us to buy and we should totally support them. Lovely things from a restaurant called Hugo's in Dublin where they're doing a whole thing that can just be sent to your door and take all the pain out of it. Now that's not for everyone because like you say, some people do like that almost meditative chopping off the top of the Brussels sprouts thing. And I just want to say I'm a big fan of Brussels sprouts. There'll be lots of sprouts in my house done many different ways because... The sprout is a very Christmas thing for me and I wouldn't be without it. Now, before you go, Lillian, before I move on to Hillary, I, I have to tell you, Saoirse made me laugh. And she says, I hope you don't take offence by this. Hope you take it well. Uh, Lily, <laughs> Lily talks and has the same facial expressions as her sister Maeve, which means as soon as she talks, I start laughing. <laughs> that's okay um my like I don't have a very serious job but my brother is like a geologist and people do the same when he talks as well so imagine him (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nora has asked what about the mulled wine and mince pies and Deirdre has asked any nut roast recipes so can you quickly address those two oh you know what I've never done I've never done a nut roast I actually haven't maybe this that's a very good idea I might do one this year actually um and I'll share it on my Instagram page maybe because I've all my articles planned already um mulled wine I'd say my top tip would be choose a really nice wine that you would enjoy drinking anyway um and don't let it boil so just be really you know like pick a nice wine um and don't let it boil and don't be too heavy-handed with the uh cloves okay that yeah I agree with you on the cloves too many cloves spoils the broth I know that's not a cooking expression but I feel it should be and (laughs) Anya says oh nice vegetarian idea for me had thought of a mushroomy wellington which I think also sounds lovely I yeah. love a bit of mushrooms. I mean, I think yeah. mushrooms are very underrated. Loads I of think so. Wild mushrooms, beautiful. And you know, if you really want to check out uh, Lily's Instagram, she does an amazing giant mushroom volavon, which you can't go wrong with as well because it's just amazing. Now, I'm going to bring in. Thank you very much, Lily, for all those. I'm actually feeling quite hungry now, but anyway, I've got this hamper of chocolate beside me. I'll be grand. <laughs> green and blacks. Thank you very much. And if you want a green and blacks hamper, go on Twitter hashtag it. Four wise women, and that could get you in with a chance to win a hamper. Escape the ordinary with green and blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. Sponsor of the Irish Times Women's Podcast. A rich, intense chocolate to savour. Hilary Fannin, how's your Christmas going to be? No, the walk in the woods, the chilling and walking in the woods thing really appeals to me. And um, and like the other person was saying, who's starting to get a little bit panicky at the thought of all the things that need to happen for Christmas, you know, all the planning. I, I'm I'm of the school of not planning anything and seeing how it goes, really. Um, and I don't, it doesn't always work, but, you know, you can try it. I suppose what I think, that people can can get very uptight about a day. And, and often we say it is only a day and don't worry about it. But in truth, it really genuinely is only a day and there are so many other things you know we always say oh let's have a traditional Christmas and this is what our family does and we always do this and this always works and I had a walk on the beach with a friend recently and she was really devastated because two of her children aren't going to be able to make it home for Christmas and it's really getting her down and I don't know if tradition is a very helpful word for us at this 
for this uh, Christmas. And the only thing that we do know for certain is that we don't know for certain what's going to happen. The only thing that we can rely upon is change and that nothing really stays the same, right? And we've all had, I think, in our personal lives times when things have changed and when we've had to kind of change gear, we've had to do a vault fast, we've had to say, okay, I can manage this and it'll be okay. And I remember, you know, in a very personal experience, you know, when my when my mother died and we have a tiny family and I've one, I had one aunt and she died three weeks later. And I remember that Christmas, just that sense of utter loss, you know, and unsuredness about going forwards. And I think about that in relation to this Christmas. But we survived that by letting go of how things used to be and by making and finding new ways of getting through. And I remember that Christmas, my cousin Rosie brought her kids over here on Christmas Eve, two o'clock in the morning, we took photographs and we talked about the past. And Christmas Day, I think we were mainly asleep for, you know, I think I might have even cooked the turkey on Boxing Day that day. You know, there are, we don't have to be caught in, um, in the aspect of tradition. That's, I really, really feel that very strongly. We don't have to do that. Um, I was reading a book recently that's going to be published next year and it's by a writer called Emma Gleeson and um, ostensibly it's a book about, you know, clearing up and clearing out your old rubbish and, you know, replacing your life and replacing all the mess in your life and becoming calmer. But it's about much more than that. But she was, Emma was saying that in a way we have learned consumers rather than citizens so much in so many ways to consume and never more so than at Christmas and if we can leave go of maybe such conspicuous consumption this year and offer something else to ourselves and to each other um you know which is just time I mean I I am going mad in lockdown now and I'm absolutely sick of it and I've I'm sick of it up to the back teeth but there is something that I will eventually miss about this time and it has been about pulling back pulling in and down saying I have enough it's okay I don't need more I can go forwards get out for a walk every day I can just manage the life that I have without looking for more and more and more things and people to put into it and I mean I think that's how I'll approach Christmas and the I struggle with Christmas, like genuinely struggle with Christmas. And I don't know, you know, there's a competitiveness to Christmas that I find difficult. I used to feel that I failed my children at Christmas because I'm not a naturally festive person. Um, I used to feel that I failed some invisible, that there was some invisible mark there that I was failing to reach. I used to sit in the bath on Christmas morning and really feel shockingly low because I would anticipate failure from the moment I opened my eyes. And eventually I learned to lower my expectations and just cool down. Just take it easy. Everybody's going to survive. It doesn't matter, you know, if you don't have matching napkins or the right knives and forks. If you've got a roof over your head, you know, that's a really good start. You know, Hilary, isn't it funny that those things that you've just said, and I know everyone in the comments is really relating to it and really appreciating it, but it's funny because before those things might have sounded a bit trite, but it's like really weird that this year 
all of the things you're talking about, even with your dodgy internet, we're all kind of sitting here nodding away going, oh my God, yes. Yeah. I, I think it's very, very important. I, I think... I think there's one other thing that I really want to say. And I think that as women, we often don't allow ourselves to say no or to say, I'm sorry, I can't manage that. Or actually, you know what, mate, that's too much for me. And I really, really strongly feel that that's that this year is a really good time to begin to practice that. And it's saying no. It's easy to say no to something, to somebody that doesn't really matter hugely to you. But to be able to say no to people who love you and that you love, that's really tough. But maybe this isn't a year to be minding your grandchildren on Christmas Eve. You know, maybe this isn't a year that you want to spend with family. You know, maybe you'd rather see them on a dodgy internet Zoom call like, you know, I might and sit beside the fire and read a book. And that's okay. And I think we need to allow ourselves to take it down. You know, how low can your expectations go? I would say we should be limbo dancers under our expectations. I think we should be on the floor with our expectations this year. It's enough. You've done enough, man. You've done enough. You've survived. You've fed people. You've fed yourself. You've got through. It's enough. Hilary. I mean, can we just do a little, because it's resonating with me so much. And I actually, I needed to hear that somehow. I needed, I needed to hear that we can take it down and limbo dance our way through the expectations of Christmas, I think is, is a great idea. And Hilary, that is exactly why I wanted you to be on this for wise women, because I knew you'd bring it to a place of realness and people are really, um, appreciating it people are saying I needed to hear this and also can I just tell you something else someone and I don't know I'm going to find it here but someone I want to read this to you because Hillary had an amazing novel that came out in the pandemic and uh, I'll find her somewhere Suzanne might tell me her name because I can't find it but she says Hillary that she's reading it at the moment and she's underlining sentences that are so beautiful mm. and I think everyone who hasn't read The Weight of Love should immediately go and buy it for anyone you love buy it for yourself Absolutely. the way Hillary speaks it's how she writes and it's how she articulates things that we didn't really realize we were thinking and Honestly, I really appreciate you being here. I want to, talking about books, I'd really like to give a shout out to booksellers. I think that if people are looking for gifts, I went in to see um, a company of books in Ranelagh and the, the woman who owns that bookshop cycles around with bike, with books in the basket of her bike to deliver to her readers. So all our independent bookshops, you know, books upstairs, gutter bookshop, all of these, all our book sh- bookstores, they will be so appreciative of your business. And a book is a beautiful gift. A book, you know, a book is a really beautiful gift. Well, a book and a fire lighter, that's what I give somebody. I like, and a hot water bottle, I think. That's and a hot water bottle, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think we needed to hear that because like, we, you know, Lily's telling us about things we can do with food and Laura's talking about gifts and Ro is talk, talking us through the kind of COVID etiquette. And we're all trying to be on the same theme. It's like lower the expectations. We can't be all things to all people. You know, when our kids are saying, is it going to be different? We have to be going, yeah, yeah, it is going to be different. And how are we going to do that? And Ro, you have some good ideas about creating new traditions as well and, and trying to, you know, do different things. I think that 
I think that is so important what Hillary said, because I think two things that are standing out for me is doing what feels good. So that means taking things off your plate that actually cause you more stress than you're getting out of them, whether it's all the cooking, whether it's wrangling everyone to mass when people aren't interested or it's not particularly meaningful for your family, whether it's trying to, whether it's perhaps Zooming everyone on Christmas Day and spreading those calls out over the week or even throughout December. I think that's really important. And also, I think it's important to mention that a lot of people are going to be on their own or not with family over Christmas and that's going to be really important to think about what feels good for you because sometimes that will be involved planning it'll be organizing calls on the day it'll be having a routine like writing down lists literally of like what films are on who you can call if you want to because I think when people are feeling low it feels like you don't have anyone but if you make a list beforehand of here are the family members who want to hear from me here are my friends making lists of books you want to read or songs you want to listen to on the day is really important um so I think but also I think when people are feeling isolated and feeling lonely we often don't do the things that we know will make us feel good so I'm quite vampiric I go to bed quite late and I get up quite late but I know I feel better if I get out when there's sunlight I hate exercise but I know I feel better if I go for a walk and so it's about thinking what actually makes me feel good in the moment I might say no I want to sleep in I don't want to get dressed today I don't want to shower but actually if you take a note of what makes you feel good that's going to be really important and particularly important for people who are on their own um, and then I think yeah the idea of new traditions and new rituals it's about thinking about what you need from this Christmas for some people you're going to need some normalcy and some routine and doing as many things as you can to create a sense of normalcy watching the same film as you always do uh watching an online mass maybe for some people it's a bit less stress so it's like buying things in if you usually cook dinner or doing a potluck dinner instead of making everything yourself um for some people it's going to be going for that walk in the woods and just having some quiet time and downtime with some reflection but also I think they, it's such again as Hilary was saying this is such an exciting opportunity to create new rituals and I think for me something I'm really missing is just like feeling connected with people and really understanding how people are doing so one thing I'm trying with friends is before Christmas saying I want you to tell me about how COVID is for you like I've never heard of COVID. Like, tell me all the ways it's impacted you. Because I think we're not telling those stories and that's really important. So feeling... Oh, yeah. do you think it's because we think it's boring and like everyone's going through the same thing and so we don't feel we can actually... Because I know I've had friends who's... And I know some people on the call whose mothers have died or parents have died or things have happened to them. And it's almost like in the big scheme of things, our small things don't matter. But actually, to the people who care about us, those things do matter. And it's okay to talk about them. And for our mental health, it's so important to be able to say to somebody, oh my God, I was dating somebody and then it was really hard, like I can't do it anymore or I haven't seen my friends in so long. And yes, they're not the worst case scenarios. It doesn't matter. That still affects you and it's still really hard. So having those conversations and then on like Christmas Day around Christmas, something I love is the New York Times has a list of 36 questions to help you fall in love is the gist. But it's 36 questions like what was the best moment of your life? What's your favorite memory? Who in your life do you want to know more? Uh, what are you scared of? And it's these questions that kind of get to the heart of people and questions you might not ask them in everyday conversations conversations so setting up like let's all in the family answer some of these questions together maybe it's having a moment of silence to think about people that you have lost maybe if you're not going to mass this year it's listening to like a mindfulness tape together or it's 
putting on hymns in the background. And I think kids are great to rope in for new traditions saying, we're not doing the normal thing. You're not going to see your granny this year or whatever, but we're going to make cupcakes to bring to your granny and leave on her doorstep. So let's decorate the cupcakes to- mm-hmm. together or let's get ornaments and paint them. And on every ornament, let's paint something that we're grateful for and hang them on the tree. And I think it's just a good idea to think about these new rituals and what you're trying to get out of them. Is it normalcy? Is it feeling more connected? Is it a bit of fun or is it a bit of quiet? And I think thinking about what you emotionally need and creating something around them. Something I'm doing with my friends is we're doing um, an advent calendar essentially for December. So we're taking turns and every day we send each other a poem or a song or a comedy sketch so every day during December, we have something to open up to bring us a bit of joy. And that's a new ritual that I want to bring that's, forward. Ro, those are all brilliant ideas. And I think that's great because we're going to have to be creative and be imaginative. Uh, Laura, listening to everybody else so far, have you had any extra thoughts or things that you wanted to, to remind us about? Because can I ask you, as Doctor of Philosophy, Dr. Laura Kennedy, in this time, who has been the philosopher that you've kind of gone to or someone that you've appreciated the wisdom of in a time where I think what has happened is we used to feel like we had some kind of control, which was an illusion anyway. But we sort of like to tell ourselves that. But in this time, we realize we actually don't. And that's been quite jarring for a lot of people. Any philosophical advice for us there? Um yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think necessarily you need to go to one person, but the Stoics are, are the, are the folks for that. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that kind of modern psychological therapeutic methods like CBD that are really practical and helpful come from Stoic philosophy. Um, I think a lot of people hear the word Stoicism and they presume that it means to kind of shut down emotionally, but that's not what it means at all. It kind of means uh, to accept your emotions, to feel them, to respect them, and also to have a certain amount of caution around them, I think, which I find really personally important at Christmas because I find it difficult. I don't have family to be with. I have a lovely husband and we do solo Christmas together. Um, So in that sense, it's a kindness that this year I recognize the Christmas I'm going to have. It's not a completely new experience to me, but I do have moments where, you know, we all have them. Sometimes if you're, I had one yesterday and it turned out I was just hungry and I ate a piece of bread and I wasn't existentially full of dread anymore, but, you can be hormonal or you can be you know influenced by the fact that Christmas is so objectively challenging for so many people and your emotions come to you as this kind of revelation of truth from on high um which of course you need to respect but also have a little bit of distance from I think and recognize that yes I feel this now yes this is valid yes this is coming from outside as well as in but I do have the ability to feel good because I felt good before I'll feel good again and this is the day that I'm in. I just have to get through this day. And there will be good aspects even in this day if I, you know, if I if I construct them for myself. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to focus on the things you can control instead of feeling really subsumed by the things you can't. Laura, just mentioning your lovely husband, and I have to tell everyone who doesn't know, Laura eloped. She's one of those people. She went and eloped to get married, and she's very cool and did did things differently. How have you found your relationship in lockdown? Because I think that's something people have struggled with too, and at Christmas as well. You know, it can be tricky because we're all kind of in stuck with each other, which is great because we love love each other to a great degree, but also we've had to kind of be with each other more than we've ever thought we would have to how have you dealt with that and have you any advice on that um I mean to be cosmically positive about it uh I think this has been a time when most of us have learned a lot about our relationships 
you know, we've kind of, I think it's revealed the friendships that don't work for us in a very intense way um, and the relationships that don't work for us, as well as the ones that do. And that information is always useful, even if it's painful or difficult. Um, so I think a lot of us have got closer to certain people and made connections with people that maybe we didn't think that we would through this weird time. It's given lots of um, impetus for really good conversations. And I found that with some friends, it's kind of cut away the, the chaff. Uh, we don't do the kind of pleasantries anymore, but we get right into the, you know, this is really crap today. I, I, you know, I just slipped on a parsnip and I'm on the floor in the kitchen and I have nothing to get. <laughs> I've never slipped on a parsnip, but now I kind of want to. It was chopped. Has Lily, Lily, have you slipped on a parsnip? <laughs> no, I haven't. I think Lily has slipped on a parsnip. Nobody has slipped on a parsnip. Well, it's, like, a Christmas, well, it's a Christmas issue. Okay, Hiroshi. <laughs> watch out, everybody. <laughs> Laura, thank you. Dr. Laura Kendi of Parsnips and Philosophy. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Lily, uh, just someone has actually asked and I'm going to go to some questions and comments. And I, I just want to mm -hmm. thank you all on Twitter as well. Some beautiful comments coming in from, on hashtag IT for wise women. And thanks again to Green and Blacks as well. Um, Mary said on Twitter, I started a reindeer challenge yesterday. We'll walk or run 5K to Christmas. Perfect to get in the air and relax. My quiet time mm -hmm. for me. And uh, Kiwi says, Hillary Fallon is so right. Keep your expectations low this Christmas. Who cares if we get to eat turkey? As long as we have enough chocolate to get through, it'll be fine. But uh, Lily, someone has been asking about gluten-free cooking. And that's something that affects a lot of people. Uh, Liz has asked, any tips for that? Have you, have you found that people are wanting those recipes more? Um, I think they are. I think um, the main thing to ensure it's gluten-free is to make it yourself. Um, which I know can be very difficult, but it does involve making it from scratch. And it just highlights the importance of, um, you know, being able to cook. And, you know, you have to research everything. It's so hard for celiacs having to research absolutely everything. But it is, um, it is obviously really, really important. But I would say just keep the recipes as simple as possible. Um, things like that, like the stuffing, the bread sauce, it's really a time where there's a lot of hidden um, wheat and even... Like there's been times over the years where my own family have been avoiding wheat, just not necessarily, but you know, they've been, we've had the vegans and the avoiding wheat and all the different diets going through the house, but it's so hard. It's actually very hard. And again, it just comes down to planning. But if you are cooking things from scratch, like all the basics, like turkey, ham, potatoes, none of those have gluten in them. So it's just the more processed something is, the more likely it is to have gluten in it. So um, unfortunately, like with everything, but it's, it's great that it's such a, you know, a dinner based around such basic things. So it should be fine. But I would just say it's planning and it's reading the back of everything you buy. No, that's really good advice. And uh, Laura, just very quickly back to you because Ange, um, Tracy Byrne is asking the name of the candle that smells like the Westbury. I think if anybody takes anything from this event today, there is a candle that smells like the Westbury's Jacks. And that's what everyone <laughs> Um, well, I would I would take an opportunity to say there are so many brilliant Irish candles. So check out lots of Irish candle brands and they're a really easy, brilliant gift to buy for anybody. It's hard to displease somebody with a candle or to offend them. So it's a good gift. Um, of course, the name eludes me, but it's uh, it's Dublin, Dublin Tea Rose. And I think Oud, you'll find it on their website. Oud, how, do you, how are you spelling Oud, Dr. Kennedy? O-U-D, Dr. Dr. Roche. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'll never be a <laughs> you doctor. You are to me. You always will be. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, thank you, Laura. That is so kind of you. This season of goodwill to all women and doctors. I love it. Um, wishing or Ursula saying wishing every everyone a Merry Christmas and do something that makes you happy every day. But because it's Thanksgiving, we did ask all our panelists, as well as giving us advice for Christmas, to think about gratitude and what we're grateful for, because I mean, again, like some of these things you think, oh, yeah, whatever, yawn, gratitude. But we're all embracing it more and really feeling the benefit of those things. So I wanted to ask you all um, what you are grateful for this Thanksgiving day. And Hillary, can I come to you? What what are you grateful yeah, for? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've got three things that I feel really grateful for. And one is really barmy. It's um, that I can move. So I've started doing this thing of lying on the really unhoovered floor next to a coal scuttle and doing yoga in the morning. Free, absolutely free from this beautiful Texan girl, a yoga with Adrian. If any of you haven't done it, try it. She's so um, she's so warm, it makes you weep. Um, that and being able to get out and go for a walk is absolutely huge. Being able to talk to friends honestly about what's going on for you is absolutely, I'm hugely grateful for. And the simple thing of having a roof over my head and, you know, it doesn't matter how messy it is underneath that roof, just having that there, you know, shelter for creativity and for um, for hope. That's That's what I'm grateful for. That's very lovely. Thank you, Hilary. Laura, what are you grateful for over there in London? Um, I think uh, this year has made me very, it's brought lots of challenges, obviously, I think for all of us, but it's also brought a really um, interesting opportunity for me anyway, to sort of look at the skeleton of my life and figure out what I like about it and what I don't. Because, you know, we're all distracted by the meat because that's what's on top of the skeleton. You don't get a lot of opportunity to think about the really basic stuff like your relationships and your work and your uh, career and yourself and the things about yourself that you don't love and you might want to fix. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm grateful for the kind of space that that's given me to think really carefully about what I want to change and what I can change. That is really lovely, Laura. Thank you very much. And I'm going to come to you, Lily, now because I've got a comment, I've got a very funny story here um, from Philippa who went on Twitter, hashtag IT for wise women. And she says, one year my mom cooked goose for Christmas after Stevens's night. All my friends were back in my house. One of my friends was raiding our fridge. I love that about Christmas as well, which we won't have. Raiding fridges is not going to be happening. One of my friends was raiding our fridge, found a bowl of consomme, aka fancy soup, heated it up and started eating it. But it was leftover goose fat. Oh. good one isn't it though you can see how that one all happened I can see it all yeah. I might have been I might have been that soldier with the in the microwave with the goose fat and then anyway but what are you grateful for Lily um I'd say I would say my children have been amazing this year just kind of I feel like I kind of got to know them a bit more um through the intensity of it all um so obviously them being at home so much at me and we just we built up even more of a relationship together I think this year you know even though it was difficult but we sort of got through it um with each other which is is pretty amazing now that it's the end of 2020 nearly nearly I can only say that now you know now that we're <laughs> nearly out of it yeah yeah in the midst like, of it I wouldn't have said that <laughs> it was amazing remember 2020 and um, but no they were great we got through together I would say definitely yeah oh that's lovely um and I'm going to come to you uh Ro now but before I do somebody sent in a lovely comment it's Saoirse she sent it into Twitter hashtag IT4WiseWomen she says it's not really the 
right place to send fan mail. But can I just tell Ro how often I have wanted to write to the Irish Times after reading her column? And I'm always floored by this sense and sensitivity. So I think so say all of us, because I definitely feel like that reading your words as well. And Ro, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I, I'm so grateful for my family and the fact that my family all get on very well. And so isolating with them has generally been good. My sister is over in Wales and it doesn't look like she's going to be home for Christmas, which is kind of devastating. But grateful for my family. I got a cat during um, COVID. I'm very grateful for her. But I think the two things that have really been saving me is one, I lived in the States for a few years. So I'm used to having, I've had a couple of long distance relationships and a lot of long distance friendships. And I think that has really helped me with my communication. But also I found my friends have been so open to connecting in different ways. Like I have a friend in New York who I didn't know he played the guitar and now he sends me covers of 90 songs. And I've been sending him voice notes of me reading poetry. We never did that before COVID. And we've been just trying to find different ways to connect. And I'm so grateful for people trying to do that. And the other thing, which I think Laura was touching on, I, so my work has gone down a lot um, as with a lot of people, but I've been really grateful to be able to have a bit of time to not base my entire self-worth on what is productive and what is earning me money. And it's, I feel like I've been able to fail at things or just try things. I spent two hours today trying to play a Lumineers song on the ukulele, which I would never give myself the time to do because in my head, I'm always like, you have to be doing work. You have to be earning money. And I think having a bit more space to try things that bring you joy and be having the space to mess up and make mistakes which I don't think a lot of adults gave ourselves the time and space to do so really grateful for that nobody in my house is grateful for me trying to play the ukulele by the way it's not good <laughs> as a ukulele player no one in my house is grateful I don't know what that's all about Ro I think they should be very grateful I think they should be singing hosannas every day for our musical ability I put ability in quote marks for me anyway I just want to say to everybody here um I don't know. I'm just feeling quite emotional because it is going to be a tricky time. But I hope that assembling these amazing women with such different interests and advice that it's helped you in some way, because, you know, in a weird way, it's going to be harder. But I think it's going to be even more special because we are going to be appreciating everything. We're not going to have that, like Laura said earlier, you know, running out to the shop, just trying to buy stuff. Oh, I've got to sort this out. I've got to give this to this person. We're going to be like Hillary says, taking it down into a different place into that limbo land of it's all okay and aren't we very lucky for everything we do have and I think that's going to make it easier somehow if we can just hold on to that so I just want to thank all our panelists here Laura Kennedy, Lily Higgins, Ro McDermott, Hilary Fannin for really giving a beautiful job because when we came up with these four wise women it was kind of an idea that Suzanne, Jenny and I had you know and you're kind of going I hope it will work and then so many people signed up to it immediately. So it obviously uh, touched a chord. And I want to thank all of you in the audience with your videos on and without your videos on because you've made this with your amazing comments. Thank you, Green and Blacks. Thank you to the Irish Times. Thanks to these amazing women and all of you. We're going to get through this. Let's not land all the emotional labour on women. Let's delegate a bit more, I think is a big thing to say as we leave. Goodbye, everyone. And thanks so much. Bye.
That's it for today's episode. Thanks once again to Laura Kennedy, Hilary Fannin, Ro McDermott and Lily Higgins. And of course, thanks to our sponsor Green and Blacks for all that chocolate and their continued support with this podcast. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. That's it from us. Mind yourselves and we'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.